You are listening to the sermon podcast from First Christian Church in Wadsworth, Ohio. During the months of June and July this summer 2021, we will be doing a series called Tell Me a Story. This sermon is the first in that series entitled Coming Home. We hope you find it meaningful. Our scripture this morning comes from two of the Gospels, two different parables that Jesus taught. The first is from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 24. Then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him, and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. And from Mark chapter 4, verses 30 through 32. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. May God bless the reading, the hearing, and the preaching from this holy word. Thank you, Felicity. When Amos was little, he had an imaginary game that he loved to play. He would pack up a little backpack like he was going on a trip, put all kinds of fun things in it. He'd put it over his tiny shoulders, and then he'd make a big show of waving goodbye to me and shouting goodbye and walk out of the room. A few moments later, sometimes just a couple seconds, (laughs) he would walk back through the doorway and announce, I'm home, at which point 
my face would light up and I would rush over and I would give him a big hug and tell him how much I missed him and how happy I was that he was home. In some ways, this little play drama was a dramatic reenactment of the story of the prodigal son. An experiment, if you will, of going away and returning back home. And I think it demonstrates how universal and innate the human desire is to have a home that we can always return to. A place where we will be loved and accepted and greeted with joy. Today is a day of joyful homecomings. A day to celebrate and give thanks. It has been 15 long months since we have worshiped together in this place. Now, we may not have a robe or a ring or a fatted calf, but the table has been set. The greatest of all feasts has been prepared so that we may once again celebrate together here. Here in this sacred space, here in the company of the family of God, here around our Lord's table. After this long season away, away from our sanctuary, away from one another, there is so much joy of coming home to church. And even though we know that God is not contained within these sanctuary walls and stained glass, there is something about sitting in a church that helps many of us draw close to God. I know this is true for Ray Landis. For the last several months, Ray has been coming to the sanctuary during the week for his devotional time. We had a conversation after one of his visits, and I asked Ray about why he came and what it meant to be here in the sanctuary. Why not do his devotions at home? And he explained that when he sits here, that he feels the presence of his church family, both those who have gone to be with Jesus, that he can still picture in their pews or up on the chancel, and those that are currently a part of our church family. And it brings him so much joy and comfort. When I was studying abroad as a college student, I spent a lot of time wandering into random churches. At first, it was mostly out of a curiosity to see the architecture and the art. I always loved Gothic architecture and stained glass windows. But the feeling that came over me as I walked through those doors into these majestic and quiet spaces reminded me of my longing to be in the presence of God and in a community, in a church. As a preacher's kid, I'd spent a lot of time in churches over my growing up years. 
And so I found a church in Paris where I could worship on Sunday mornings. Couldn't always catch what they were saying in the French, but I could always look at the stained glass windows <laughs> if I got bored. And I also found a place that had a, a college weeknight fellowship group that I could be a part of. But I still found myself, especially when I was feeling really homesick or lonely or anxious, stepping off a noisy sidewalk and walking through the doors of some random church. Sometimes I would stay just for a few minutes, sometimes longer. But each time it helped to anchor me as I lit a candle and said my little prayers, I reconnected again with God. And I knew that no matter how far I traveled or how alone I felt, I could always find my home in God. Now, in my own life, I find that I can vacillate between embodying these two sons in Jesus' parable. Sometimes I return to God like the prodigal son with my head bowed, ashamed of my selfishness and self-centeredness. Sometimes I return to God like the older son <laughs> with a bit of a dope slap to the head, a wake-up call that God was with me all along but I was too busy being judgmental or jealous of others to really appreciate the abundance that was all around me. None, not, sorry, not all of these little small epiphany moments came while I was at church, but many of them did. For me, the church, and here I don't just mean our physical building, but the community of our people, is a special place where God's power and God's presence can be made known to us in our worship, in Bible study, in conversation, just one-on-one, -on -one, and in prayer. For me, the church is what the Celtic Christians call a thin place. Thin places, some of you may be familiar with this term, is a Celtic concept the Celts believed that there were physical locations that existed in which God's presence was more accessible than elsewhere. Places where heaven and earth seemed to touch. Think about the ladder and Jacob going up to heaven, where the line between holy and human meet for a moment. I came across a reflection about thin places written by a woman named Amy Julia Becker who blogs for Christianity Today. And she writes this, I tend to believe that thin places, places where the Spirit of God is at work in a way that we can sense, are not bound by physicality. Thin places happen every time, every place where two human beings connect in a way that reflects our God-given humanity in all of our brokenness and beauty. This space is meant to be an invitation to a thin place, she says, 
meaning her conversation on the site, a place where some of the lines that divide us can become bridges and places of connection and understanding. Now, I can personally attest <laughs> to the fact that what she writes is true, or at least for me. Less than 48 hours ago, I was seated around a dinner table here on our church lawn in the shade of our lovely trees with 10 other members of our congregation. We came together as part of our church's dialogue dinner series. And even though I knew each person around that table, the stories that many of them shared was a revelation to me. In many cases, I had no idea about the depth of their particular struggle or joy or pain. And as we took turns speaking and listening, sometimes laughing, sometimes crying, something really profound happened. Our eyes were open to one another in new ways, and a strong connection of mutual love was forged. It truly felt like a thin place, that God's spirit was powerfully present in that moment. Today, I want to extend a special invitation to you, well, actually two invitations. The first is to invite you to consider signing up for one of these dialogue dinners. The dinners will be made up of a small group of people, members of the congregation, about six to eight people. Each group will decide how and where they want to conduct their meal and then the dialogue portion will be guided by a set of questions provided by our DEI committee. And after what I experienced on Friday night, I can't speak for the group, but I'm seeing some head nodding. Um, I can tell you that you do not want to miss out on this really special opportunity. And the second invitation that I want to share is to invite you to share your story with our congregation. For the months of June and July, we are hosting a sermon series entitled, Tell Me a Story. Half of the time, we will be sharing stories from the Bible, great stories, unusual stories, and the other half of the time, we will be hearing stories from you, the members of our church. As we know, Jesus frequently used stories as a way to open people's eyes to the truth in new ways and to draw them into relationship with God and with one another. Today's parable of the prodigal son is one of the most familiar and beloved and for good reason. It inspires us and transforms us in a way that a sermon with those same insights can't achieve. Now, I can appreciate that there may be some of you who feel you don't have anything of value to share. Let me remind you that it is often the small moments where God teaches us the greatest truths. 
Remember the story I started my sermon with? I apologize, Amos, for using you <laughs> as my illustration. How when Amos was a toddler and he'd leave and come back and I would welcome him with open arms. Well, fast forward about six or seven years until today. Now, when I arrive home from work, Amos will often hear my car pull up in the driveway. And by the time I make it to the front door, he is right there, ready to open the door and give me a giant hug and say, you're home. Now, sometimes it takes me a while to gather my things and Amos rushes out the door and meets me in the driveway before I can even make it to the house. It is one of the greatest joys of my entire day to arrive home and be greeted with such joy and love. In reflecting on this small moment and on the role reversal that took place in just such a short time, where once the welcomer became the welcomee, God has opened my eyes to see how in the church and in our lives, we are all called to these relationships of mutuality. God has so ordered the body of Christ on purpose this way so that we can minister to each other. This is why telling our own stories is so important. It is one of the primary ways that we share God's good news of hope and redemption of healing and peace with one another and with our hurting world. What is your story? Where are your thin places? Where have you experienced God's presence in your life? Let us pray. Mighty and merciful God, we thank you for your gift, the church, for gathering us back home in this sanctuary where we can encounter you through scripture and songs, prayers, and the breaking of the bread. We thank you for the body of Christ, which is your people, and for the way you have ordered things so that we might serve one another in humility and in love. Most of all, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, for the example of his life and the teachings of his lips. May we continue to learn from him that we may decrease and he may increase so that others may know the transforming power of your love. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to participate in our Tell Me a Story sermon series by sharing your story, either anonymously or publicly, we invite you to please email Pastor Sarah at swest at fccwadsworth.org. We know how much stories matter, your story included. If you would like to know more about our church, you can find us at FCC Wadsworth on Instagram and TikTok. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube, as well as our website, fccwadsworth.org.